0: Hey guys, welcome back to Invader Sports. This is the Soccer Podcast, and we're gonna be covering week eight of the EPL. Also, the the Champions League games that just went down. There was a couple couple thrillers mixed in there, but uh, I want to introduce my co-host. We
1: have both of them, Luke and Adam. Uh, pretty crazy week, huh, guys? Good Premier League games, and then probably. I mean, I've I've we just obviously Champions League games just finished while we were as we were recording this. Um I had my TV obviously fixed on the Liverpool Athesco Madrid game, which was another you know brilliant game. So 3-2 uh, in the end. So obviously Liverpool got an early 2-0 lead in the first 15 minutes. So really nice goal from Salah. Then they gave it to Milner, then it went back to Salah, but I think it was Salah's goal with a slight deflection, but he beat a couple of players. I I
0: don't was... understand that. So the way I saw it. It was just like Griezmann's goal, like he deflected it. So shouldn't that be a Milner goal? But did it officially go to, to Salah at the end? So I think
1: it's um I think they're saying because it came off, it might have actually come off conduct mirror in the end. Because the shot was on target. Um oh. no, I was gonna say they gave it to Salah. I'd rather it go to Salah to keep his numbers, the incredible numbers yeah. going up. So he got first goal and last goal. So any
0: betters out there that took that, wow, they're uh taking home some coin this week. So Basically, what we're going to do is do a, a quick UCL recap, and then we're going to do the highlighted games for the Premier League. The As far as the competition goes for our fantasy draft, I'm going to hand that responsibility over to, to Adam and Luke because I have the movie podcast, which is just going absolutely crazy. We had an episode where we, we interviewed Matt Farah, and he's basically like the car guy for celebrities. It was out. For 20 hours. I've had the podcast for four years. In 20 hours, it became the number one most listened to episode of all time. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we're really excited and we got a whole lot of new listeners. And uh yeah, it's 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 great. All right, so Adam, hit us up with some uh Champions League stuff.
1: Yeah, so Champions League said Liverpool free too. So Salah goal, yeah, brilliant goal. Um, you know, probably goal of the weekend, even with tomorrow's games. And Liverpool looked to be to be cruising with two nil, dominating the game, dominating possession, dominating Atletico at, at the Wanda uh, Polona Stadium. Pronunciation a bit bad there. But um, and then all of a sudden, Atletico come back into it with a, a Griezmann double. And, you know, it was very much end to end at that point. Both defences looked a bit shaky um getting caught atletico done really well at targeting um our right hand side and sort of dragging trent into more central areas to then play that just the long ball was just killing us um but then penalty given to, to liverpool a foul from hermana i believe the player is he f- he found jotter in the box clumsy decision um salah converts obviously And then, um, oh, before that, obviously, um, Griezmann then got sent off. So two goals and then sent off for high foot. Not intentional, but when your boots that high and hits a player's face, you're going to get sent off. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the game, a bit of drama because it wasn't similar at all because the the Atletico one was more clumsy. But Atletico have a free kick. Ball goes to the back post. Jota slightly taps. Um, I can't remember what Atletico player. uh, Jimenez, I think. Jimenez goes down. Ref gives the penalty, goes to VAR, and Ref overturns it. Very brave decision to do that in a very hostile stadium. And then Liverpool sit out the win.
0: I was thinking the same. Nah, I was thinking the same thing. But I got I got like a nightmare flashback. So I think I told you guys this. When I was in England, I was in London for the Champions League match against Atletico Madrid. And I found a Liverpool bar in London. And I went and watched it and I loved it. It was so fun because you just don't get that in America. You know, obviously I would love to go to a Champions League game uh, in person. I saw an EPL game, but I'd still love to do that. And that's what you and your uncle, Adam, that was the first thing you said. You said, next time you come back, it has to be a night game, has to be a Champions League game. You got to see that. But I was getting horror flashbacks because when I was there, Atletico Madrid beat us. And I think it was one nil. And it was just, we couldn't do shit against them. So like, they scare me. Their coach scares me. And I think they're a legitimate threat to win the, the uh, this competition. Uh, it looks like Griezmann's coming back to life. And maybe he, it just Barcelona just wasn't a good fit because, you know, he emerged as a star with Atletico and now it looks like he's finding his footing again. But where, what are you guys thoughts on him? Do you think he's a top quality player or just average?
1: I don't think top quality. He's always had the talent, but I think the last few years he's, he's dropped off. Um, I think I mean, he still he showed, has his days, though. Yeah, he had, he, that's the sort of player he is now. He, ha, he has his yeah. days. So I think before, um, I mean, I think he did score at the weekend, but before sort of this weekend, I think he'd been pretty poor for mm-hmm. this season so far. So he's yeah. one of those players now on his day. Brilliant.
0: All right. So real quick, who do you take? Him uh, or Coutinho? Gr- Griezmann or Coutinho? I would take in terms of backing for the Liverpool team. In terms of who you think is the better player or even Luke, which one would you want on Man U? That's
2: a really good question.
1: I, I think Pinho in his prime was a better player than Griezmann in his prime anyway. Yeah, but at United. Just, Pinho was
2: just marvellous. Yeah. I'm not sure at United if I would. I,
1: I, I mean, at United, under Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, both, both players, there's no point going there. Oh,
2: I don't disagree, so, but if I had to pick one, I still need to pick one. I, I think Griezmann, just because the, uh, the only reason I think Griezmann is... Just because I think I could see him more, and it might have been because there was rumors like two or three seasons ago about Griezmann potentially coming to United, so maybe that's impacting my decision. But I think him over Coutinho potentially would be a bit of a a better fit. Um, but yeah, like Adam said, I think at the moment it doesn't matter who who you put in that position or or in the squad. I think there's just bigger issues than than that. <laughs>
0: Is there a chance he gets canned by January? I have an example of this. Do you think so? Who, Oli? Yeah. Uh,
2: I wouldn't be shocked. The only thing is, I think there's been like a lot of very reliable people coming out and saying that his position is safe and United are going to spend big in January. That's the only reason why I'm not so sure. But I think if he goes on another week or two with the same form, I think he could be in trouble. So I think it is possible, but the only reason I'm slightly holding back saying yes is because because uh, the report's saying that he's he's fairly safe. But that could also just be United putting full stuff out there. So I who think, knows? Um,
1: okay. It, it, keeping on the UCL theme, you know, tomorrow they've got a big game against Atalanta. Uh, oh, yeah, a big, big game. I'm off the back of, I think, a 4 1 win. I think their biggest win so far this season. And Atalanta. I mean, the last three seasons, they've been the most successful Italian team in Europe. They play free-playing attacking style. I can see it going either way. I can see Atalanta, you know, similar to Leicester, you know, comfortably beating United. But then at the same time, they they don't play like Leeds. In a way, they sort of do. They have a Leeds style where actually it could end up suiting United as well because the the counter-attack is going to be there. And that is where you see, you know, if you want to call it Ollie ball, that's where you see Oli ball come into play.
2: The one thing I will say against that is it feels like this is the first time over the last week where you've seen players disagree with Ollie. So on the back of that, it's going to be interesting to see what performance is like tomorrow because we've not seen this yet. Where I know we've discussed it a few times on here about the possibilities of losing the changing room or trying to manage big egos. And I think that's now. Becoming a thing um, or coming out to be a thing, even. So, I think that will also kind of have an effect on performance tomorrow. Looking at that.
0: So, so here's a quick example from the NBA. I don't know if you guys knew about this, but do, do you remember the year when LeBron James won with the Cavaliers? They were down 3 1 against the Warriors, and then they came back and won the NBA championship. And that was his first championship with Cleveland. Do, do you guys know about that? I'd lie if I said I did. I'd yeah, be lying. Well, anyway, anyway, so that year, their coach it, they were in first place when it came mm-hmm. around Christmas time. They were in first place. No real issues. They were playing well. The coach got fired being in first place. And it had to do with what we're talking about with Manu. All these, you know, managing stars. They had Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love, LeBron James. They had like all these stars, and it, I think it came down to maybe LeBron wanting someone else in there. They got Tyron Lewin, and he led them to a championship, and that's the only championship that they've won. So it's it's it, it it's happened before where you know not maybe, maybe man news. Not it's not like they're in fifteenth place, but you know they could be in top four, and the coach still get fired. You the know one I mean? thing I
2: will say is. I'm not super knowledgeable about NBA, um, but it also depends on the owners, right? Like, I'm not sure what the Cavaliers how their how their ownership is, but I think from from what we've seen over the years with United, they only really care about getting Champions League football because it means more money from sponsors. Yeah. So as long as Oli can can continue achieving that, I don't think they care. Um, so just, maybe that's the difference.
0: Just for me as a sports fan to you know i i I wake up and i see on twitter Cavs fire their coach and i'm like they're in first place by like 15 points why the hell would they fire their coach but you know in the end it turned out and they won another example uh you know not this team wasn't playing well but it happened with chelsea last year you know they bring in Tuchel and then they win the champions league you know i i don't recall where they were in the table when they
1: fired lampard do you guys know was it like they, they were mid-table. Yeah, they were they were sort of floating mid-table, but
2: uh, I, they were. No, I was just going to say it was a similar situation to where United were. I think they were in similar points.
1: Yeah, yeah I think there's an example of some some owners are very. I mean, some owners are very ruthless. I mean, we will come to sort of Liverpool, Watford after, but Watford just sacked their manager and replaced them with Rangieri. Anyway, you know, a different site, a different caliber of club, but they're very similar to Chelsea, where they've got a record in the past of cut, broke sack the manager, replace the manager. and Majority of the time for them, it's worked out well. There's been a couple of times where it hasn't, but I guess that staying on United does lead us quite nicely to the first EPL game. I guess with with Leicester for United two, Greenwood opening the score and we outside the box about thirty yards out, lovely strike. You then have Tilsman equaliser, which I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm gutted he didn't do the Cantona celebration against United because it was it was it was the same goal as as Cantonese, um goal many years ago Um obviously with that goal Maguire loses the ball too slow to react loses the ball ball comes into Tilsman, nice chip we then have Sionchu with the goal to have makes a great save Sionchu uh, puts him ahead and then literally a few minutes after over the top through ball to Rashford playing FIFA and the kickoff glitch ball goes out wide comes into Vardy with a, with a beautiful finish like a great finish that got me some points on our little competition as well sure. and then um yeah, and then, uh, and then in literally the, the dying minutes of the game, corner to Leicester, rub salt into the wounds. Harry Maguire, who knows what he's doing, goes to sleep. Dako, really hard finish when you look at it, although it was tapped into an empty net. The way the ball comes in between his feet, but then <laughs> quickly get out and finish it. Um, you know, it's quite funny. I was watching a... Um, so, you know, Dan, I'm not sure if you're aware or, you know, in England, we have sort of Monday night football um, where we see on Sky Sports with uh, Jamie Carragher, former Liverpool defender, and then Gary Neville, former United defender. And they sort of just go through all the games and stuff. And they were putting together their, their combined Liverpool and United oh, uh, 11 ahead of ahead of Sunday's game. And Carragher said a great thing when he put together. So they had most of the positions were Liverpool players and most of them, they both agreed. There was three positions where they had different... Um, answers and you know the one position that was quite funny was Carragher was like you know what maybe last year you would have put Maguire but the way the play um, Matip has started the season and Maguire's going actually you'd put him over Maguire because I mean I don't know Luke what you think but defending from Maguire for, for both goals was
2: you know what it's what? not
1: and you can't blame that on Oli no. like you can't I know we, we can slate Oli and he's not a good manager but one thing but... I
2: will say right is Maguire's also just come back from injury if that means anything, right? But the point yeah, stands... Yeah, because then
1: why is Ollie rushing him in? So,
2: so there is that, but you're also looking at... This is not like a one-off from Maguire, right? Like, there's been continuous situations like that now where it's stupid mistakes and I think, to be honest, that's United defensively in general, but worse when it's your captain and it's also the most expensive defender ever. So... I don't know. Um,
1: I just think Oli hasn't got any in-game management. I mean, you, you know, you're looking for a goal and who, who does he bring on? McTominay and um is it McTominay and Lingard he brings on? I mean, the thing not is, L- really... Lingard,
2: no, that Lingard's had, especially over this season so far, um, he's come on and he has made a difference. I think he came on in the Champions League and got an assist and scored the week after in the Premier League or something like that. Um, so I think Lingard can make a difference. I agree it's probably not, the big difference you'd like to be coming off the bench, but I think he can make a difference. McTominay, uh, yeah, mm, kind of is what it is, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I, I think as soon as it gets to the game itself, he's uh, there's no real presence about him, right? So
0: I, I don't think people know, unless you're a Liverpool fan, how good Joel Matup actually is. Like, agree, uh, Adam, you brought it up how good his dribbling is and there's literally like 10 15 minute compilations on youtube of him dribbling and setting up plays but not only that he's good on the back end too like he is very very good player maybe virgil coming on made him that much better because honestly before we got virgil i don't remember him being that good but (laughs) also speaking of virgil i think that is the reason that they paid harry so much harry maguire so much because they look they're they're looking to, all right look liverpool brings in Virgil van dyke and it told like we got so much better after that
1: happened so much united better united passed on
0: right yeah. united yeah. passed on van and, and a lot, lot of people said windowless. a lot of people said we overpaid him that was a bad move like there was a bunch of people talking shit but he got in and not only did he make the team better, he made the other center backs better.
2: It was also instant, right? Instant.
0: Yeah, in, right away. So, yeah. uh, I mean, he scored against Everton his first game against Everton. I mean, there's just so many moments that he had his first and second year that you know ult- ultimately led to a Premier League and Champions League titles. But I think that may have been Man U's mindset. Like, hey, if we bring in a stud maybe he'll make the rest of the team better so maybe that's why they overpaid him but speaking of center backs how bad is veron's injury i know he picked one up internationally
2: it's just a couple of weeks i think but it, it, it kind of brings you back to what i was going going to say to adam as well i think or i'd like to think when veron comes back as well hopefully it helps maguire that's that's more like well, no, i'm praying
1: they've played, they've, it's not like they haven't played before they've played um, most games this season and he's still been awful yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Who's like, who's the you know, he and Maguire. Uh, Maguire, oh maybe right. maybe awful's a bit too much, but you know what? He is he's made mistakes. Maguire is Maguire is a good sort of old fashioned centre back, get your head on the ball, clear clear it, and that's it. But I think has just just the way Ollie has a he's of yeah. he's slow. No,
2: I, I think an issue he still tries to play like a ball playing centre back yeah. as well when he's not. At all. So I think when you come, when you put the two together the way that Oli wants to play, and I don't know if is being told to play out the back or being told to try and push forward or whatever it might be, but something's not working. Um, and my, my thing going back to it with Varane is I'm hoping that with him in, over time, Maguire will be that kind of more like, hear me out before I say this, but more of that Ramos player that stays back. And if Varane makes a mistake, he can cover it situation versus Pushing forward and waiting for a Lindelof or something to be back and catch any mistakes. I mean,
1: I mean, you know, Ramos that's, was one of yeah, the most attacking what... centre backs. No, no. So probably no,
2: not Ramos. No, but... no, no. But if you look at the way they played, right, if if Varane went forward, Ramos was there. And if Ramos went forward, Varane was there. They, they had that understanding. But when you watch, um, and also I'm not comparing Maguire to Ramos on in. Anyway, I'm just using the positions, right? Yeah. If you look at the way that United have been playing, where with Maguire and Varane is, they haven't been doing that covering role at all. It's like if one of them pushes forward, it's like a complete like shit show. Of, like, what do we do now? You know, we're it's now a three on three on three situation or worse. Um, and I think that needs to stop. And I don't know how that does stop.
0: Is that more on management management or is that more on? these two players need to to just get that chemistry to know that hey you go up i'm staying back like i used to play ice hockey right and when when we were on a power play i would go on I would go on defense so i could basically play the quarterback role setting people up and i would always say to the defender the other guy i'd be like hey i'm gonna pinch up so make sure you're sitting back like and that's just a beer league and i'm saying that to him so you'd think you'd think they'd know to do that but maybe they just don't work together maybe veron mcguire is just not a good fit
2: i don't know i think it's a situation where you should develop and they should understand each other a little bit more the other argument right is if you can't trust it get a proper number six and supposedly ollie had the option in 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 the summer after a midfielder and he didn't want to so I don't know how true that is. If that's the case, why did you not just go after a proper defensive midfielder and not have the issue of your centre-backs needing to push up? Have it where they can distribute it to a number six, where they can play it forward, instead of relying on them to do something where, especially in Maguire's case, he can't do or has not done well. Um, who's your who's
0: your ideal number 6 to bring in?
2: From a realistic standpoint unlimited funds, go after anyone. i
1: think United have unlimited no, but you funds. Know what anyway. mean,
2: in terms of someone that would
1: but someone obviously you're not going to obviously you're not going to get Fabinho, but no. you know actually someone realistic you
2: could get. Cuz there's two options right, you can go for that kind of like destroyer role like a Kanté or you can go from a more like up tempo Jorginho or someone like that, right? One player that I'd like to see there although I don't think it would work is Frankie De Jong, But of realisticness, um I, think I don't
1: think um, Matt B is giving mm. Frankie De Jong a no, no, reference no. of not United at, at the moment.
2: Not at all. So I, I think like Telemans. Actually like a Telemans.
1: Yeah. I like him.
0: He's, he's a solid player. He's a very Look, solid he's, player.
2: He's not like an out-and-out, out kind of how I said, like with Can say, like all you're doing is shutting down every single piece of play. Like he can be that little bit dynamic and get forward. And he obviously has a few goals in him as well. But I think in terms of distribution and controlling the tempo of the game. 100% there's an improvement on Fred and McTominay, as much as that's not difficult. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd like to see Tielemans or or someone of that style. Okay, I guess at answer.
1: the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, so he's probably going to win tomorrow and win on Sunday, and his job will be safe for another few weeks. And Van der Beek that's still to get in That's what always tends to happen. Yeah. But, um, so, looking, I guess, looking at who they're going to play on Sunday, obviously Liverpool coming off the back of win, a win tonight, and... A really great win at the weekend away at Vicarage Road, away to Watford. Five-nil, first goal, Sadio Mane, Salah with an amazing assist. He gave Danny Rose an absolute awful time. It has to be up there, in my opinion, with in terms of Danny Rose, with one of the worst Premier League performances I've ever seen from a player. He was outfought, he was outrun. He was just he was unprofessional at one point. I mean, me and my dad were watching it, we burst out laughing because a ball come into him. And instead, you know, being quick on your feet, getting the ball, playing the pass. You know, you're losing. You're at home. You want to get the crowd going. He sort of slowly waits for the ball to come to him. Firmino literally, I think, doesn't even run to it. Jogs to it, takes it off of him, and runs past him. And Danny Rose just stands there, sort of looking. So it, it you know, it was awful. But uh, we had a Firmino hat trick, and in between that Firmino hat trick, we had, you know, Mohamed Salah being the player of the season, best player in the world at the moment. He's sort of. You know, the goal of the season against Man City, I still think that is the goal of the season, but this is the second goal of the season. Um, beautiful, studs on the ball, moves the ball around, players move out of the way, runs down um, towards the goal, cuts it in on his right and sends, um, I think it was Cathcart, puts him on his ass, and then within one motion, on from his right to his left, and throws it in and sees out a 5-0 win to put us top of the table. I say us, myself and Dan, obviously not Luke. But to put us top of the table and you know, Dan, I don't know what your thoughts were, but I just think right now we are just playing we're playing football from nineteen twenty. The season when we won it, we're playing that level of football again. And yeah, I just think we are at the moment, I think we're the best team in the league. Yeah, well, I'm with you there. What do you think, Luke?
2: Yeah, I kinda just of want to forget about the season right now, to be honest. Um, I'm really <laughs> not optimistic about Sunday at all, which is bad, but um, yeah. but you never you know. Kind of, you uh, can't. You you, uh, yeah. you also you, like you can't deny, like the way Liverpool playing at the moment. I still, th- I I weirdly think, and I Adam, I think we've had this conversation before that Salah is still underappreciated. I think by football. Oh, ma- yeah, massively.
1: I think people now are starting to slightly. It's almost it's almost where they can't slander him anymore. But yeah, he is, he's he's. He's different this season. I know something feels different. Everyone I've spoken to, Liverpool fan or not, has always said, has said something just feels different with Salah. He feels like he's gone to another level. Like, an, he feels like a beast. No, no chance. Oh, I, so. I hope not. No, yeah. no, no. He'll he'll sign one. We won't sell him next season if he doesn't sign a contract. I think he'll go on a free, but he will sign a contract. They they will put they will break the wage structure for him. They will put the money on the table because. This is a player that doesn't want to leave, a player the fans don't want to leave, the manager doesn't want to leave. I don't really think the owners want him to leave. And I don't know where he would go anyway. I don't think there's a lot of options out there in terms of every club in the world would have him. But there's not a lot of options where he can actually get better than Liverpool. He's not going to go to Man City or Chelsea. Um, Could you imagine? Chelsea aren't better than Liverpool. Um, He wouldn't go to PSG and, you know... You wouldn't go to Barcelona in the state they're in. Maybe Real Madrid, but I think they've got eyes from Mbappe and then possibly harlem
2: So imagine how good Salah would be under Oli.
1: Yeah, would be, and Salah <laughs> would keep Oli in the job—that's for sure. But no, no, obviously next Sunday is the big Salah versus Ronaldo yeah. showdown. It is a, it is, you know, it is. Although it's not officially a derby, it is a derby. It's, mm-hmm. know, one, of the, one of the biggest games in English football. I do think we will win. I'm confident, obviously, but you do never know if Ronaldo decides to show up. It'll be interesting to see Ronaldo versus Van Dijk and Matip. In my opinion, Matip's been the better defender out of him and Van Dijk. I love Van Dijk. He has made a big difference since coming back. But I mean, there's some crazy stats out there at the moment that I think, you know, in terms of, I think, forward passes or running, you know, forward runs, Matip as a centre-back is like in the top three in the Premier League at the moment. And it's really funny to watch because he's a he's a tall lanky bloke. And just seeing him, it's a bit like Bambi on ice. But no, it was it was a brilliant game. But I guess all down to what happens on Sunday. You know, if I had to give my prediction, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with four one classic four one. We've done that before at Old Trafford. We'll do it again. What about you, Luke? What do you reckon?
2: Not four one. I'm um, actually go for a one all draw.
0: So and I was about talking. You? Uh, I'm in a group chat with some other American soccer fans. And this one guy, Alex, he actually, it's funny. He wanted to be a Liverpool fan, but he couldn't get tickets. So he was in, uh, he was in England for like two weeks. So he went and got tickets to Manchester United. And then he texts, he texts me. He was like, sorry, man, I'm, I'm a Manchester United fan. Now I got tickets, so I'm going to roll with it. But he actually is like a super big fan. Now it's been about three years. And, uh, I saw him on, on Friday. I, I work at the, uh, the hockey and basketball arena in Philadelphia with him. I, I do part-time work there and his, his scre- background on his phone is actually Man U. So like now he's like a super crazy fan that turned into it just because he got tickets and saw them in there's in, you know, at home and, uh, they won the game. So he was, is that a weird way to become a fan? I mean, I guess not, I mean i i hear i hear there's a lot of jaguars fans in england because they come so many times so it's it's basically like the same thing right
2: i don't think it's a right or wrong reason reason to to be a fan of a club or team or whatever you want to say i think if you like them or if you get tickets on a whim, anything i think yeah. it's a good enough reason i don't think there's a bad reason almost
1: it's a nice reason when you sort of just go off a win because it's almost like yeah. you there. there.
2: as long as you
0: don't switch teams like I know there's a lot of people that switched to Man City when they got their money. Now wow. there's going to be all these Newcastle fans, but they might get relegated. That that could hurt their uh, that could hurt their rise to to glory because if they get relegated, they're not going to get the top signings. Like I think if they find a way to stay, there's going to uh, Sergio Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling are going to be two of their first signings that they get uh but if they go to the championship that's not going to happen but speaking of championship that's where danny rose belongs yeah he was horrible i <laughs> wanted to say that and i forgot about it until then so yeah
1: all right keep going so there was a couple of duds this week this week a couple of still sort of boring games we had norwich brighton nil nil um you know what misses i've seen this season the worst miss this season, one of the worst misses i've seen um i remember the norwich player but you know Come over to him, he's 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 beat the defenders. He's the keeper's come out about 25 yards out. He's rounded the keeper, he has an empty net. Norwich have not led a Premier League game this season. They're and so bad. This was their chance, this was their chance to lead a game. And it was in like the end toward the end of the second half, so they, they would have won the game. They would have got their first three points, you know, first three points, first time in the league. You know, anything can happen, they can build on that. And so you'd think the player he'd see the open goal and he'd just want to smash that in, but it was the most tame finish I've ever seen. He literally tries to roll it, even if the defender hadn't he didn't even have to sprint. He just jogged. But even if he hadn't have been there, I don't think the ball would have actually rolled over the line. It was such a weak shot, and he just clears it. And you know, if I was the Norwich manager, although he seems like a nice guy and not a tough guy to get angry, I would he would be benched next week. That player. that keeps that keeps norwich at the bottom and you know i don't know what your guys thoughts but in my opinion this is in terms of premier league quality across across the whole league i think you know you've got the top teams that are well and above the rest but there's the other 12 13 teams this season are really good and it's it's sort of those bottom three teams which are below the rest that i think will just get relegated norwich one of them you know if you can't even get a win when there's an open goal there for you what are they going to do
0: yeah it's
1: it's funny that
0: that uh brighton drew norwich the absolute worst team in the league Mm -hmm. because we got our first fan email from a brighton fan but he sent this email before that game happened so it's you guys are going to laugh when i read the email uh about (laughs) his hopes but we'll get to that later but yeah that was that was a wild game and man norwich are horrible Horrible. What happened yeah. to this team? Who did they
1: lose? They, they didn't lose anyone there. I've, I've said it a few weeks ago there, and that it's the owner's mentality that they are very much a top championship, bottom Premier League club. So they are happy to get promoted, relegated, because they'll get promoted again and then relegated. So, you know, every other season, the fans are celebrating getting promotion, and then every other season, they're crying because they're getting relegated. Sort of club they are at the moment, whether that the, the question that I, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't watch a lot of Norwich because it's a bit painful, but what, you know, if if we have got any Norwich fan listeners, if they want to write in, what would be good to know is, you know, if you it looks like you're going to get relegated this season, do you stick with Daniel Parker again? Or do you change it up? Because I guess if you want to follow their system of promotion, relegation, promotion, relegation, you stick with him because he knows how to win the championship, but he knows how to get relegated. So whether you stick with him or do you change it up, who knows? Yeah. But but yeah. Then we also had so we had Southampton one Leeds nil. Um, a I think it was his debut goal for Armando Broja, who um I think is a new striker they signed. Um, you know ever since they've lost Danny Ings, I know they've got Armstrong and now this guy, is sort of looking to try and find that new striker that can lead them, but. they're they're quietly picking up some results here and there. Not many wins, a few draws, but, you know, they're keeping clean sheets. And, you know, if if we go back to the very first podcast where we've done our prediction, I said Livramento for for the new right-back and he's been playing really well. He's getting me a lot of fantasy points in in the fantasy league, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Southampton won, but, you know, what what you got your guys' thoughts on Leeds, because I I remember you guys had a lot of reservations. I was quite hopeful that they were going to have another great season, but at the moment, it's just not clicking.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually think they have a better chance to get relegated than Newcastle does because, like I said, with this Newcastle takeover, they're really going to want to fight, fight, fight to not get relegated because if they do get relegated, that's going to fuck their whole plan up. So I think Leeds and Watford, for that point, both are more in trouble than Newcastle, even though Newcastle doesn't have a win yet uh i know that might sound crazy but i think burnley and norwich are both for sure going to get relegated and that third spot is up for grabs between a couple teams uh luke what do you think about Leeds?
2: uh yeah no i i agree i also think part of me thinks that when they get a bit of momentum they might be okay um and they might just scrape staying up but i'm not too sure i think like adam said something's not clicking and unless they can kind of figure figure out what that is soon um i think they're in quite a lot of trouble um especially if yeah, that gap's only good the gap's only going to grow bigger right so something's got a click i also think in terms of like newcastle being in that situation come january i think they'll spend and they might just scrape it in the second half of the season so i think newcastle um I think Leeds will be worried about that too. So if it's between the two of them, um, I
1: I'm think still Leeds confident essentially more Leeds will be to go fine. Down. I'm still confident they'll yep. be fine because I just, I just love Bielsa. I just think he's such a great manager. <laughs> great man. So they'll be fine. But um, yeah. looking at, looking at uh, a couple more to round off Saturday. So we had Man City to burnley Neil Bernardo Silva with the goal. It, man City struggled a little bit here, but then you know when you're bringing on the big boys like De Bruyne who got his goal, so... win there. I don't think much to say unless anyone's got anything to point out. Unless Dan's going to say how much he hates Man City. But we had two other games. So we had a a good game that probably not many people saw because of some of the other games going around. But Aston Villa versus Wolves. What what a cracking Premier League game. um, 3pm game. So we had, and it all happened in the second half. So we had Aston Villa burst into a 2-0 lead with a goal from Danny Ings. Um, and then a, a beautiful goal from outside the box, beautiful strike from John McGinn. We then had an absolute, I think, 15 minutes from the 80th minute to the 95th minute. Wolves just come at them. So we had a, a remain size goal from, I think, from a corner. And again, another corner, Connor Cody, their captain, equalising in the 85th minute. And then you think, all right, a nice two-all 2, two all victory there. Probably since both teams played quite well. Both well in attack had their moments. You know, Traore caused havoc again. He had a really good chance in the first half, couldn't finish. No surprise there. And then Ruben Neves with you know he's the, he's that free kick outside the box specialist. It wasn't a classic Ruben Neves free kick. It wasn't brilliant. It took just a m- sort of massive deflection and rolled in. But Wolves come away with a free 2 win. And you know I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on, on Jimenez, him and But since he's returned and had a few games under his belt, I know he didn't score in this game, but he just has sort of put them on a new level you know they were playing Mm -hmm. some good football but now he's just that sort of that bit number nine up top that can really you know bring other players into play
2: no I'm really happy about that as well um I, I know we've said it a few times on here but like with with the injury he had I'm just glad he's uh yeah back to like you said he's you can see the impact he's had since he's come back so it's good to see um, and it's nice. We, you know, when we look at Wolves's, I think, first three games, which they probably should have won um, and they didn't, it's nice to see luck kind of going their way a little bit now. So,
1: yeah, now they've sort of got a really good front three with uh, sort of Traore, Podence, Jimenez, and good midfielders. So, yeah, they're a good team to watch. And then, and then, same, but Aston Villa, they're just not clicking as much as they did last season, whether that's because they've lost Greenish, that sort of star man. But, They've got some good players, so I think they'll be fine. I think them Wolves. It wouldn't surprise me if they sort of finish eleventh and tenth in in that sort of area. Mm-hmm. We then had the the, the late kick off. So Chelsea one, Brentford nil. Lovely finish from Ben Chilwell, just sort of on the penalty, uh, just outside the penalty um, spot. He just volleyed that ball in. But I think if if you know if you wanted to, yeah, you know, if an alien sort of come down. From from another planet, and you had to show them football and sort of show them what what it's all about with the underdog and the sort of David versus Goliath. I know they didn't score, but the last twenty minutes of that Brentford Chelsea game, Brentford absolutely—they deserve to to equalise minimally. Um, You know, they absolutely peppered Chelsea's goal. Mendy, you know, you know what? It'd be good to get what you guys think about there's been a lot of with the Ballon d'Or shortlist coming up and Eduardo Mendy not being on there. You know, some people saying, how can Jorginho be on there, even though he is one of the best midfielders, but you know, other players, like I think, you know, Mason Mount, he's all right, but not on the Ballon d'Or. But what, what do you guys reckon Mendy? Should he be on there? How do you rate him as a goalkeeper since he's coming to Chelsea? I like him. I do like him. Do you, do you, do you like him,
0: Luke?
2: I do. Um, I think he he suits the team more than more than Kepa does or did. And I think he's good, and it's also a keeper that they should have for like some like a good good couple of years. I think he's only early twenties or mid twenties. I think he is. Um, so yeah, he's only going to improve as well. So
1: right Chelsea him, had a chance.
2: Chelsea to to had a chance to
1: sign Donnarumma in in the summer, and they turned it down. So it shows a lot of faith in Mendy. I was going to say yeah. Whether he should be on the Ballon d'Or list. I mean, he did win the Champions League and done good saves. But, you know, it's hard for well, goalkeeper to get on that list, in my a, opinion.
0: I'm hearing Donnarumma is kind of upset that he's not getting uh, playing time in the French League. And he's he's playing the Champions League games. But, I mean, what did you expect? They had Kaylor
1: Navas. Like, I, I I thought he knew what he was getting himself into. What what's I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine in the end. They'll they'll sell Navas next season. I think they've I think they've started to play him in even in the league now. I think Donald is starting to become all that number, that, you know, have that number one shirt. Someone I saw a video the other day actually, and they did say, you know, if Newcastle do want to make a statement, go and get Kayla Navas. <laughs> Bit of a no,
0: I I actually was gonna say that. I, I think that's where he'll go. I really do. I mean, they're gonna have all this money to spend, so they gotta spend it somewhere and i i think that's where he's gonna end up i really i really do
2: i was gonna say that that's a, a little bit of a tangent but a big question is who in january do newcastle go and get where it's going to be you know someone that's going to want to join with the potential that they could get relegated but big enough that they can make an impact like who really, i think, I think, think it's is a
1: realistic? i think it's a mix i think it's a mix of either sort of old old players come towards the end of their career and then and then young players you know then doesn't matter that they're the richest club in the world. They're they're not going to get Mbappe. No, you
2: know, of course, no,
1: stuff yeah. like that. So it, it will be sort of the and and then like you said, Sterling, for example, um, you know, a player that's not getting much play time might want to leave. I don't reckon that would happen in January. I think they need they need to stay up, and then that can happen. And I also think it's important in terms of their next manager who they get because I mean, Steve Bruce is going to get the sack. I mean, coming on to the Sunday game, so obviously um it was they played spurs at home their first game with the new owners i guess dan question for you early on what because we're seeing this in football a lot and it's a massive debate uh especially within england with sort of you know with with man, man city and the abu dhabi royal family and then newcastle with um you know it's the it's, it's not the saudi royal family but it's the public investment fund which is chaired by um sort of the, the the head of the the saudi family um do you have this in any, in any any in any American sports? Because there's a lot of debate at the moment whether you know, for example, should Newcastle fans be celebrating because they've been taken over by by a state? In my opinion, yes, because we're 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 not the ones that make the decision. So yeah, I, they should celebrate that they've got rid of Mike Ashley and are going to become one of the most powerful clubs in the world within the next five to ten years. But does this happen in America with any any sort of owners or is it very much it can't? Because salary caps. So yeah.
0: it doesn't matter how rich your owner is, you can only spend a certain amount of money. And uh, it, it just, yeah, it, it just can never happen in uh, American sports. Now, there's not a salary cap in baseball. So that's why the Yankees always spend so much money, but they have to pay a luxury tax. So, le- it, like, an absurd amount. So it could really screw them over financially. I mean, look what happened to Barcelona. That, that could happen to the Yankees if they have a stretch of like 10 seasons where they don't make the playoffs. But uh, I mean, it does give them quite an unfair advantage because, you know, every year the Yankees are good. But it, other than that, like for the NFL, for instance, I never know who's going to win every year it seems like it could be a different team every year outside of there there's dynasties sometimes like the uh the patriots had their dynasty yeah. um kansas city people thought they were going to have a dynasty but they only have one super bowl so far with this group but the nfl is so hard to predict with injuries with newcomers with uh free agency so it's it's just different that you can't compare it to soccer because uh in soccer i mean you you can do whatever you want if you if you have the money one you got to pay for the player and then you got to pay them and when i tell people that it blows their mind so when i'm you know for instance uh what was virgil's fee like 75 million something like that so i told my buddy matt i was like oh my god like i I was a huge virgil Virgil guy because i i like the netherlands they're they're my second favorite uh, international team to root for behind usa and you know i pretty much only root for them because usa gets knocked out so quickly every time but uh so i've been a netherlands fan for a really long time uh what was the year they lost to spain 2012 i believe
1: 2012 no, 20, or 20
0: 2008 2010
1: 2010 okay so then world cup final.
0: So we're going, we're going on uh, 11, 12 years that I've, I've been backing them. So I knew a Virgil for a long time. So I was super excited. And then I said, wow, we just got him 75 million. And then he goes, oh, my God, he's going to be making 75 million. And I'm like, no, that's what we had to pay Southampton to get him. And then he's like, wait, wait, wait. And, and then they have to pay. Virgil a contract and I'm like yep that's how it works and he was like what the hell so for uh, most Americans that don't follow soccer it's just such a foreign concept to them that they can't even really get a, get a grasp on it so it's it's just totally different you
1: know uh, I mean so sort of, there was some I think earlier this morning or yesterday whenever you listen to this there was some sort of breaking news. Obviously, all the Premier League clubs—I mean, apart from Man City, who abstained from the vote—but that's probably for more political reasons—they're um, throwing their toys out the pram because they're not happy about this takeover. I mean, it's happened, so they can't reverse it. Um, but obviously, you know, obviously they're scared. They are scared. You know, if I—I I love Liverpool, but I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sure our owners are scared. Man United owners are scared. Man City and Chelsea are not because they are that new money, but this is another big player i mean arsenal and spurs probably petrified because their chances of getting into the top four are just basically going because there's new clubs coming in but um, i mean i mean of... dude
0: the amount of money that they have is absurd it's so much higher than everyone
1: else so it much is, higher it is but i think i don't think it's they're never going to outspend man city or, or chelsea because I mean, I know you know the Newcastle is like 400 billion and Man City is 23 billion, but you know, it's still you know, they're never going to spend one billion on a player, so I don't think they'll ever outspend Pedro. Yeah, he's yeah, one million one billion release clause, isn't it? Um, I don't think they'll 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 outspend Man City because they won't be able to just the way because although. Although you can spend what you want in football, there's still financial fair play. However, that works, which sort of stops clubs going too crazy. But I think it what do? it will become a little bit, and there is like there is the Premier League do have their own rules. So, so even though Newcastle aren't in Europe, they can't go too. They can go crazy. They can't go too crazy. Uh, but what I think you'll see within five to ten years is there'll be a clear top three of of Newcastle, Man City, and and Chelsea. And and that money that they can just spend, um, but I mean, when you look at the game, they've got a long way to go. They they lost three two to Spurs. I mean, I mean, obviously you expect Spurs to beat Newcastle, but obviously they went. They got they got the goal ahead one nil. Callum Wilson and then and with a great goal. Kane getting his first goal of the season, um, and then Son with with a goal at the end of half time, and then sort of Newcastle sort of come back to it with an own goal. But by then it's a bit too late, and I think this just shows actually that one they need to sack Steve Bruce and two they've got to be careful because yeah like you said if they do get relegated i think that adds another two or three years to their project yes because they're not very yes. good i mean take palin wilson and st maximum out of it and it is a championship squad
0: yeah i mean that's why i think they should go out in january and get some players to ensure that they stay up because it's going to fuck their whole thing if, if they don't stay up yeah. it really screws them over bait like big time they
1: they do need to be careful with who they they buy though because um, wherever you guys remember it, so not at the same level. But QPR years ago, they got taken over by quite a wealthy family, and um they went and and spent money in, and not the money that you'll see Newcastle probably spend. But they went and spent money, in, and they just got a lot of names. and And then what, in, what ended up happening? They got relegated because these players they they don't care about the club; they're purely there for the money, right? And when you've got players there that are purely there for the money and man city is a bit different because they're not just there for the money they've got a world-class manager and they're buying the top the creme de la creme of footballers but all sort of at newcastle's level they're just going to be able to get good footballers similar to qpr they got good footballers but when you put them together as a team it was awful and they didn't want to work for each other so, so newcastle in my opinion in january instead of focusing on the names they need to go and get premier league experienced players that can just keep them up and then next season you build on that
2: who would you get in newcastle situation in who's right three players in january three players who? in january
1: yeah i think you're looking at a center back and i i reckon you go to brighton or burnley and you say james tawoski or, or lewis dunk premier league experience they're going to cost you a bit of money but newcastle have that money and i think they would you know they'd go there i think you get that a leader at the center back i think striking on the wing they're fine and then i think I think they need a, a midfielder. You know, John Joe Shelby got sent off. They, they don't really have that sort of holding midfielder. Um, and then who who do you go for? I mean, do you tempt Leicester with Ndidi? But I don't know if that would happen. I think they just need to find, find someone. I'm not sure who, just thinking about it. Maybe, you know, I'd, I'd probably, I'd go to Fulham and, and put in a bid for, for Tom Kenny in midfield because, you know, he's, he's had Premier League experience before and I'm sure he's he's wanted to leave a couple of times. He was quite close to going to West Ham at one point.
0: Well, so what, about, think, what about someone like uh, Zaha?
1: Zaha? I think yeah. they could pull that off. No, I, don't, I don't, That's what they need. I don't think. So. Not in January anyway. Um, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe they go to Arsenal and bring Xhaka. Who knows? Or what about... I uh, I'm, I'm sorry. His name's... Uh, or Lingard. What about Lingard? Lingard? I could yeah, see Possibly. It. Yeah, I could see it. That's the sort of... But Alone. Again, that's the sort of caliber that they're going to be bringing, yeah. I think. We're getting a bit carried away about how quickly they're gonna turn yeah. this around. I mean, yeah, they could I get Minamino
0: on a loan. They could definitely get him from us mm-hmm. on a loan. I
1: mean, Minamino doesn't get. We haven't even seen him. We haven't even seen him. Yeah, or yeah. Riga, get big div get big div, right, right. Off us. That,
0: that's All what right. they should do. They should look at the teams that have an excess of players in certain positions and just go for it because they can. Yeah, but not then you need to be relegated. careful
1: because then you're just bringing. You know, you start bringing in all these players that other clubs don't want, and there's a reason these other clubs don't want them. You then just right. end it's up like having Fred. a team. You just end up having a team <laughs> full of unwanted bargain bucket players. But this, know, maybe this, one or two. This could just be all loans, you know, just just so,
0: so they don't get relegated. Just loan out, uh, you know, three or four players to get them some creativity, some scoring, and just enough to help Saint Maximum and Callum Wilson.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do, but yeah. Yeah, who knows. We'll, we'll, I look forward to it though. <clears> Newcastle, very, uh, they're a massive club in England. They've got a big fan base. They're, they will sell their stadium at you know, Champions League night at Newcastle. I look forward to it as a non-Newcastle <laughs> supporting football um, fan, seeing what that stadium would be, because it will be rocking. Um, we had another game on Sunday. Um, it was... It was it, it, actually we haven't even touched Spurs did win the game they got points they got a result Nuno needed it but it was a bit overshadowed by by Newcastle but Harry Kane got his first goal so we'll see what happens there yes Uh, he did there you go Luke yeah Luke got some points for Harry Kane but um we also had Everton West Ham so you know West Ham winning 1-0 a bit of a bit of a nothing nothing game in my opinion you know some some nice moments but um anyone have any thoughts on this game yeah. Nah. there we go. That sums that sums the game nah. up. We got one more game. We got and we're gonna end the we're gonna end the podcast. Well the, this part of the podcast with with Arsenal <laughs> at the Emirates Monday night against Crystal Palace, Vieira, Arsenal legend, returning as manager, as opponent. And it was a really good game, actually. Um so we had a open the scoring. He's on actually a bit of a hot streak at the moment. Yeah. Um we then had Palace uh, go uh, score, score two goals sort of I mean, within half an hour in the second half. So um, both goals similar in a way that the Palace high press is really coming into effect now. So mm-hmm. they press Partey, force him into a mistake, played the pass to Benteke. Benteke easily beats Ben White and then it's a beautiful finish into the bottom right corner. We then have, again, high press. Um, I think it's Gallagher that wins the ball on Saka plays the pass across to um, Edward, or plays the pass across to another player who plays pass to Edward, and Edward sort of you know Ben White on his heels and just strikes the ball. Um, Ramsdale probably should do better, but does catch him off guard, and it looks like Vieira is going to get a two-one, a two-one win. They're playing really good football, Alice. But then in the ninety-fifth minute, corner comes in, keeper saves it, parries it out to Lacazette, who fires it into a into an an, an empty. An empty net and look go crazy you know at football do do what you want but i was speaking to someone at work who was an arsenal fan he was at the game and and he he, he was their season ticket holder and he said you know when he when he scored he cheered obviously you're gonna cheer you have just equalized this emotion but i think going that right some some people you know some of the fans the players you think i think more on the players i know i know they've scored and it could be a bit you know the the uh, hormones running, etc. But I think going that crazy for a two-all draw against Palace is a mentality thing. I don't think that's the right mentality.
0: It, that was exciting though. I was able to catch that whole game. Like you said, uh, Aubameyang, he he is playing very well right now. And and then Crystal Palace just fought their way back. You know, they're they're two guys. Really, they they have three guys that are that are pretty good goal scorers in Zaha and Benteke. You know, he's an old fox. He I can don't still think put Zaha it on.
1: Played either.
0: No, he and didn't Zaha play. Was yeah. yeah, he didn't and
1: they've play. Got they've got They've got Ezzy who's injured as well to come back. So,
0: and then Edward, who's becoming a star. You know, he had his goal was great. That was a perfect yeah. shot. That's one of the shots that I consider unsavable. You put it right under the bar, bang in. But when the equalizer happened, I think I think there was four minutes of extra time, and this was like four minutes and thirty seconds, and they got it because of a corner. You know, it, it it landed right for Lacazette to just put it home. It was a cra- it was a crazy finish to a game, and the announcers were all screaming like, "That's the Premier League for you! You never, it's never over until the final second goes." So that that I, I just found it quite exciting.
1: I do think though, it is is quite funny to see. You know, the air has been at at Alice now for like three or nearly four months, and you can already see the style that he has implemented and the change. Whereas with, with Arteta, the question is still there. And it's it's almost like, again, when I was talking to, to this guy at work, it's almost like he, he made the point that it's almost like Arteta's coached them for each score they have. So when it's nil-nil, let's play this past in nice, exciting sort of football. And when it goes to 1-0, he, he called it like an arc. Where you've got your sort of imagine you your you left mid, your right mid, then your full backs to your centre back like an arc, and you just pass the whole try and pass the whole game without without really going forwards, you know, boring passing the ball, trying to win one nil. And Arsenal haven't really got the quality to do that. I don't think you can do that a lot anymore in football due to the nature of some of the teams and how they press. Yeah. So I just think it's it's quite a note to see how much of an impact <clears throat> the air has had already at Palace. Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay,
0: so uh, I was able to tally up the fantasy scores, and then we, uh, we'll finish with the fan question. But uh, real quick for you guys to confirm everything with me. So, Adam, you had Salah score one, Vardy score one, Ng score one, and Eduard score one. You had four goal yeah. scores this week. Yeah. So that brings your total to 19. 19. 19. So you're at 19. Okay, Luke, you had a hat-trick from Firmino, one goal from Harry Kane, and that's it. Now, you took Sokka last week. Are you upset you didn't take Lacazette? Or do you think Sokka ends up getting more in the the long run?
2: I feel like it could go either way, but I'm not regretting it yet. Okay. Well, you you
0: had a, a couple weeks in a row with no goals and mm-hmm. now you have three four seven eight nine you have nine goals now so you're in it and now we're about to pick our ninth player so like i said before you could get 10 goals in one week you never know my yeah. goal scorer is this week sadio mane with one son with one obamiang with one and kdb my newest player with one so that brings my total to 15. So, Adam 19, myself 15, Luke 9. This is far from over. We have what 38 weeks and we're on, uh, we're about to pick for week nine. Far from over, but Adam, uh, pretty impressive, man. You're doing very well. I'm only four goals behind you, but you're doing pretty good. Um, and if you guys don't know, we pick a new player every week. It can't be from the same team until we've gone through the entire league. So, I am up first this week then Luke, then Adam. I'm going to kick things off with Callum Wilson and get my Newcastle player out of the way.
2: Okay, good choice. Um, I'm going to get Palace out of the way. Um, I know Adam, you took Edward, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Gallagher. Interesting.
1: Not Zaha. Zaha taken. Zaha's not no. taken. Oh, no. I've already got a Palace player, so it's too late. But, um, I'm going to go with... What what I because what I normally do is I look at the fixtures and, and just have a have a have a look at who I think is going to get a goal. Um, so I'm going to pick an Arsenal player because they're playing Villa, but obviously Aubameyang's gone and Saka's gone. Um, but I'm going to go with Sm- Emil Smith Rowe. Wow! So you pass on Locke, that as well? And I can say yeah because I don't know he plays sometimes he's in, he's out. I don't know. I like Emil Smith Rowe. He's, he's he's one of my favourite up and coming uh, English players actually. So.
0: Hey, I'm See not gonna I'm not gonna knock you, man. You're on fire. Uh, okay. So our first fan email when I saw this, I was very happy. Please guys get involved in the conversation. You can even get on an episode if you want. Uh, so email sceneinvaders at gmail.com. S-C-E-N-E-I-N-V-A-D-E-R-S at gmail.com because scene invaders is the company name so just send everything to that also we're scene invaders on all social media platforms we're going to have uh some tiktok content coming up uh adam has a a great idea that uh we're going to do stuff with that as well uh we're just trying to you know get more people to know that we do this show and uh marcus from brighton has found us so and uh this was on the 15th so this is before the nil nil game to norwich and i'm sure he's not happy about that so marcus says hey mates i have recently found your show off a recommendation from a friend even though he is a palace fan that wanker uh, an american <laughs> saying saying uh british language just doesn't sound good but uh, i'm just reading it how he wrote it i am absolutely loving the show uh, oh, no, I'm absolutely loving the showing from Brighton this year. Mape is turning into a star and it seems he can score 15 plus goals this season, realistically. So I want to know your thoughts on first, do you think he can get 15 goals? And second, how high can Brighton actually finish this year in your opinion? Uh, He wants to hear from all of us. I think if we turn some of these draws into wins, because they just drew, what was it, Arsenal the week before, uh, we can finish top four. Am I crazy? They're fourth right now. Anyway, good on you, Dan, for making friends in Liverpool that led to this show being created. You three have great chemistry together, and I think you will only get bigger Best of luck. I will be listening to you guys every week, and I look forward to it when I see a new episode has dropped. Marcus, thank you so much, Marcus. Our yes, first, Marcus. yeah, cheers.
2: Thank you.
1: Our first and you email know ever. Go Such ahead. a nice email, and I don't really want to shit on it, but top four, I think no, um, just because we tend to see this every season. You know, we had it with Villa and Everton last season. Certain teams, they start really well playing really good football and then it's that Christmas period where maybe the squad's not big enough or they get, not found out, but they start to play some of the top top teams that, that beat them, um, but, you know, reach for the stars. So, yeah, why not top four? But in, in my realistic opinion, I think top ten would be an achievement for Brighton considering where they finished last season. And you know what? Possibly, possibly that Europa League conference, they could push for that. But yeah, that would be my opinion. In, in terms of Mope, yeah, sure, he can get fifteen goals. He's he's quite a nice player. He um, has four goals right. through through eight, eight games. Four goals through eight games. So uh, Fifteen. yeah, fifteen. Yeah. 15 you know, cheeky hat trick maybe against United or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think Brighton top half of the table push for eighth that Europa League conference. And yes, Mope will get 18, uh, 15 goals. Well, I've said 18, maybe he's going to get 18 now. <laughs> All right, Luke? Yeah.
2: In terms of where are Brighton going to finish?
0: Just but bo- bo- yeah, both questions.
2: Uh, okay, with with Mope, I think, yeah, looking at how he started, he's on four goals already. It's a long, long way to go. I think 15 is reasonable. Um, we'll see how cracks on, obviously, with no injuries and stuff. Uh, in terms of where Brighton can finish, um, Fuck it, go for first. Leicester have done it.
0: Hey. Yeah. You
2: know, I mean, look. Big.
0: They have 15 points. Uh Chelsea's in first with 19. Liverpool 18. Man City 17. And uh then there's a bunch of teams between 15 and 12. Uh the Wolves and Brentford both have 12, and they're ninth and 10th, respectively. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tight in there with that. Yeah. 4th place to 12th
1: place. It's very, very tight. So they the can drop thing, off. Though, there is one thing that could ruin anything of Brian having a good season. And that is if Newcastle going hard on Graham Potter and, and getting him because he, he, you know, he's an up and coming manager, um, you know, played really good football. He's, you know, I don't want to keep shitting on Ollie, but when you compare him to Ollie, you see one, you see, you can tell if you look at both and said which one is a a football manager, a coach, and which one is a former legend of a club he manages. You would be able to tell which. You'd be able to tell me just the way that the the in-game management is and how he changes it up depending on the team they're playing and and the confidence that the team play with. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle going hard to get him in as a manager because he's someone that could build a team. Um, so that would. My only concern. Okay, so
0: uh, as far as my answer, yeah, Malpe, I think he definitely will get 15. I think he could get between 15 and 20, uh, especially if he stays on this pace. I mean, he's had a goal every other game. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily think he'll stay on that pace, but but like Adam said, maybe he'll get a, a two or a three goal game and then i will push him over the top. He's certainly a player to be excited about uh, to have on your squad because he's the type of guy... He's either going to stay and be a part of your rise or you're going to sell him and get a lot of money for him to reinvest. So, uh, yeah, definitely someone to be excited for in terms of where you're going to land. You know, when we started the show, uh, West Ham was my surprise team that I said would finish sixth or higher. And uh, they've had a couple weird results lately. They're still seventh right now. So my prediction is still on for that. But you know what, Marcus? You're the first person to write in. I believe in Brighton. I say they'll finish at least sixth, and you'll get some uh, European action next year. Uh, I hope so, for for your sake. But you know what? Right back in after you saw them tie the worst team in the league, 0-0. nil-nil, as you guys say. I want to know your thoughts on that, if the sky is falling or not. But, uh, yeah, let's get some more emails, guys. And uh, like I said, you can literally come on the show. You can come and talk to us and uh it'll be you know us us three and you and we can get a different fans perspective because you know we have two liverpool fans one man you fan so it'd be nice to get a different perspective i know you, i know you guys looking at them are working on getting one of your friends on that supports arsenal i believe
1: mm-hmm. yeah we've got two, we've got two mates that the arsenal fans that eventually will, will come on and have like an episode on arsenal and stuff
0: all right great so uh yeah everyone uh yeah, we did the draft. We're good. All yeah. right. Yeah, Everyone, I I hope you guys, I hope the teams you support win, uh, unless you're Luke. And uh, I really do think we might draw, though. I, I think we might draw. But, uh, yeah, love you guys. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. They like us.
2: Oh, thank you.